Hey folks, welcome to a very special bonus edition of the DC3 Cast. Uh, it's Brian talking to you right now. Um, a few weeks ago I had a chance to talk to Scott Snyder about the lead up to Dark Knight's Death Metal number one, but yesterday I was one of four journalists to get to participate in a video call with Scott. And so the call began with Scott, uh, prompted by Michael Schelling of DC, to sort of talk about the series a little bit and talk about his his collaborators in the series, and then each of the four journalists got to ask a question. And if you've ever heard Scott talk, you know that he doesn't give one-word answers. He gives very long, very interesting answers. And so um, I asked the other journalists for um, permission to use their questions on the show. Uh, two got back to me, one did not. I'm sure he just didn't see my email. I'm sure this wasn't a personal slight against me. But so um, my co-hosts for this episode are Tim Adams and Andrew Dice. They are with CBR and Screen Rant, respectively. And uh, they ask excellent questions, and Scott is interesting, as always, to listen to. And so uh, enjoy this conversation today. Tomorrow you get another episode of the DC3Cast, and then Thursday you have our special uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal number 1 review episode. So three days in a row of DC3Cast. Uh, thanks for listening, and enjoy. Death Metal, it's crazy because... It honestly, Josh and James, uh, Josh Williamson and James Tiny were teasing me because we, we pitched the idea so long ago. We pitched it all the way back when we pitched Metal in 2016 as a kind of continuation of that story and a culmination of everything that we were going to build if Metal went well. So the idea was almost to, to do this event that would be bombastic and over the top and kind of explosive, um, but as a way of kind of hiding how personal it was at the time and then fan out all these series that would allow us to explore things that were on our minds in those ensuing years about, you know, the, the sort of, you can see it as it themes running through, I think all of our books, the idea of whether or not uh, human nature leans bad, whether or not uh, when given the choice, we are going to pick what's best for our own interests or kind of collective, um, co uh, collective achievement, all of it. So, uh, metal, and then once metal happened, we we and it went well. We fanned out into Justice League and uh, Justice League Odyssey and Dark and Batman Superman and all those meetings that we had over the years, where you can kind of track in my social media from when uh, we were pregnant with Emmett, who's now I mean Quinn, who's now one, uh, and uh, and Bob and Marie and some of the DC people were coming to my town because we were uh, pregnant with Quinn. We were planning this. We were planning this whole runway to death metal, and some of it um, got extended. Some of it got com uh, uh, got compressed due to different events at DC and all of that stuff. But the map hasn't really changed. So what death metal is to me is really the crescendo of all of this storytelling that we've been building since 2016 into 2017. And it's always been a story that's kind of been partly about comics, where you know, it, it's these events are always kind of they're, they're meant to point to what kind of a thing we want to be, you know, as a company. They always that's what they're for. Right. They they kind of rejigger things and then set you on a path towards what your next iteration is, is going to look like. And for us, this one was always pitched as this idea that one of the issues with comics that I think is reflected in, I think, you know, uh, in in nationally and globally right now is this idea of, of isolation, not just because of, you know, COVID coming along, but this idea of becoming more and more siloed in your own kind of insulated, subjective um, uh, rabbit hole, you know, and how, how the loudest voices in the room right now, the president among others, in, encourages us to do that, to sort of separate, divide, go into these kind of uh, 
these kind of corkscrews of our own ideological, you know, fantasies sometimes or nightmares. Uh, and that comics also has a tendency when not, you know, when, when, when distracted or when under pressure to kind of sometimes dissipate in terms of one big narrative. You know, I love the idea that DC can celebrate all of these different neighborhoods and have all kinds of different books and areas that are untouched and not influenced by what's happening in this book doesn't have to happen in that book. But sometimes it becomes so disparate and so separated that the kind of core of what we are starts to get lost, you know? And so Death Metal was always set up as a way for as many books as wanted to to buy in to just make a statement that what's great about comics and DC in particular is how it, it's all part of one kind of epic evolving generational story. And what we want to be right now, um, both remembers kind of the great moments that comics have have helped shine a light on the best of human nature in the past during dark times, but also wants to kind of lead the way in terms of being, I think, you know, a progressive leader in, in, in with regard to inclusion, with regard to being bold and daring, all of those things never mean forgetting, you know, um, the greatness of the past. So that's death metal to me. Death metal was always this kind of um, story about the odds, this heroes becoming in uh, for being forced into a situation that's so oppressive and so separated, you know, where they're so separated from one another and the odds are so stacked against them that this argument that we've been building over and over for these past few years that says, look, there's no hope. There's no, there's no, there's no way we're going to overcome any one of these challenges, you know, in the real world from climate change to any kind of geopolitical conflict you might as well just kind of focus on your life, get yours, be about you, the people you care about. You know, there is no kind of objective center or truth or any of it. Let's forget it. You know, civilization is this fallacy. You know, the whole thing is like a big, is a big, is a big farce. Um, and collectivism and all of it is ridiculous. So um, that argument that's been building the Batman who laughs, it's the Luther, all of it. This is the culmination where there, there, there's never been a more convincing version of that argument than death metal. And the heroes have to look around and say, we keep losing. We're separated from one another. We're separated from the people that, that supported us, the humans are, that sided with the heroes around these antennas in space. Um, and ultimately, they have to decide whether or not uh, it's worth it to try one last time, even when they know they're likely going to lose. So it's a really personal story, but at the same time, it's kind of easily the craziest thing we've done. And we want, it to, we want it to be something that's celebratory in terms of comic book lunacy and that kind of Kirby-esque in, inventive nuttiness. Um, and yet at the same time, be very clear from the very first page where Sergeant Rock is talking to you that it is like a love letter and a kind of call to arms for the comic community to, to remember ultimately that even when we're isolated because of COVID or, or we have differing opinions in terms of whether a move is good or bad, you know, about digital or about this or about that, that ultimately we're in it together and that we have to find, we have to find ways of being bold and, you know, never kind of betraying who we are at core as well. So that's kind of my, my long, I guess my, my long uh, stump speech for it. I didn't expect to be talking that much already. So I apologize if that's like more than you needed to know. I'm sure, and I'm speaking for the, the writers in attendance, that that's exactly what they needed to know. I, I have no doubt. And 
if I'm speaking speaking for them, and I apologize in advance uh, for speaking, one of the things that uh, I'd be curious to find out from you is, it seems like with stories of this scope, it's almost like nobody else but Greg Capullo, Jonathan Glavian, and Epsio Placencia could help you tell this story. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I mean, they've been, I guess that, I mean, that, that's pretty, I guess that's just a, a personal thing. Like for me, when I started working with Greg, I was a very different kind of writer. You know, I was, I was so green. I mean, I was terrified when I went on Batman in 2011. I didn't want to be on the book really yet. I felt like I needed years before I would be competent. He was my favorite character, you know, forever. So the idea of taking it when you're not ready is the worst nightmare, you know, where you're like, I'm going to get my chance to write this character and I'm going to completely screw it up. Um, and I don't want it. Um, and Greg, from the moment I started, was in, co in conversation with me about that, you know, where he understood that I was brand new and I was young and I was unsure of myself. And he's the one that really, uh, as much as we didn't get along at first, because I was so adamant about writing full script and I, I didn't give him enough room and all this stuff until we hit issue five, the one that turns around in Court of Owls. And I realized the more room you give him, the better he's going to be. And, and it wasn't, it was never about him, all of his lessons to me. It was always about, let me show you how you want to work with artists. You want to approach them and talk to them about how they want to work. And if you can do that, you'll get the best out of them. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is because that was sort of lesson one all the way back with Greg, but the things that I've learned over the years on a personal level about friendship and the things that we've been through together about, you know, from everything from deaths in the family, births, all of this, to craft things, which I've learned more from him in terms of how to write for other artists and the kind of writer I want to be uh, in terms of always challenging myself the way he always challenges himself. You know, he always says, like, you have to always be the most exciting creator to yourself or there's no point, you know? And for me, that keeps me hungry all the time. You know, it makes me say, if I'm going to do our last Batman story like last night, it has to be something that that... I would pick up on a shelf and say, this is the story I never expected to see, but is perfect for me right now. And so with metal, you know, that the idea was to do an event that, um, that kind of called back to the real over the top, um, unabashed Saturday morning cartoon, infinity gauntlet kind of bravado of like the Starlin, Ween, you know, those events that were just totally sincere and earnest and, crazy um but we're personal clearly like when you go back and you read them and contextualize them uh and so metal for us was that it was sort of like we're probably only going to get to do one of these and we really honestly dc not to throw anyone at dc under the bus but dc at that time dan and them were not convinced that it was anything anybody wanted it was a time when politics were everywhere you know and the story was was political in its way and the same way last night you know is is highly political when you look at it as a vote i mean the the people literally vote for their villain uh instead of their heroes um but ultimately what i'm trying to say is that dc wasn't really behind it and so until it began and then they were incredibly supportive and they still let us do whatever we wanted so there was never any real resistance in that regard it was just more of this sense like is this going to work at this moment um, and so the idea was when we did it, that we were just going to leave everything on the table and just go crazy. 
and make it something that we would feel like we took every risk and put everything we wanted to say about that moment in time uh, in there and why we thought heroes were important in that moment. Um, and then if it worked, then we'd build to something even bigger now. So there was never, um, there was never a question of like, I, and there was a point, not again, not to get too inside the beltway, but it's been a crazy couple of years, you know, at DC um, in a great way, in ways that have been challenging at times. And I think the visions of what was coming next shifted at times between what was coming in 2021, what wasn't going to come, if it was going to come in 2020, all of that, um, all of that kind of fluidity, you know, kept pushed back at times on, on, on metal. And there was a desire to see, well, maybe we don't call it metal. Maybe we do something else. Maybe we, and one of the things that I feel really good about was that um, ultimately they always supported us when we pushed back and said, it has to be this, it has to be metal and it's us. And I'm not really willing to do like you know, crisis and do it with other, a different team or any of that kind of stuff. I want to do this. Like, this is a culmination of what we've been building. And the, the reason is because these guys make me reach higher all the time as a writer. And they have since the beginning of our relationship. And everybody on this team is hungry in that same way and wants to make something that surprises on every page and, you know, inspires and that stuff. And there's an energy working with these guys that's just really special i mean we've been together over 10 years now you know it's crazy i was talking to greg the other day i was looking back at our first emails and they're from like you know 2010 2009 2010 you know so yeah this is and after this we also we really do want to try and shift gears a bit do do some of our own stuff you know do things as well we still have ideas for superheroes and for dc but i'm not looking to do like a metal three where it's like you know like this was this was kind of the the plan if things worked and the the volatility in terms of the world and the volatility in terms of um, DC at times made it um, made us unsure of whether or not it, we'd pull we'd be able to pull it off. But the fact that we're here and it wound up being something that I hope is even more resonant because of the the because I mean it was it was written right as COVID was was happening and it's written to the comics industry in that moment and you know now as well. Uh, there's so many more important things to focus on than a comic event, but I think it acknowledges that, you know, that's part of, part of what it's, I think part of what it's saying in some ways. So I'm very happy that it kind of came out in a way that I feel like um, at this point, we were very left alone in terms of what we were building. Jim and Bob and them have been extremely supportive this time around. And uh, you know, we're, it is, it is what we always wanted it to be. So my hope is really that it, um, it speaks to, fans and just gives them a bit of enjoyment and, and they can see how personal a story it is about, you know, what we think, what, how much we, how much faith we have in comics. Yes. Um, going back to the original metal series, uh, you and the team got to reintroduce Hawkman back into DC continuity. And it had me wondering if we can expect the same thing to happen to uh, any other hero or heroes by the time death metal concludes. Yeah, it's good to see you again, Tim. Uh, 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 Well, we're trying to do it with a few people. So there's like Jonah Hex is in it. Sergeant Rock is in it. Um, Sergeant Rock is kind of the narrator of the whole thing, which is is a lot of fun um, for me and for Greg. He's like definitely kind of the one trying to give a pep talk to to comics. Um, And he's he's definitely off his rocker because you'll see by the end of issue one, there's a reason he's like, he's kind of half crazy the whole time. 
Um, and also Lobo is another one that we really were trying to bring back and give, give some, um, give some real legs to again, and it's kind of classic iteration, but in a new way. And, um, yeah, there, there's some surprises. I mean, Superboy Prime and a bunch of other characters are coming back in ways that kind of reframe them. They're still the originals, but when we find them, they, basically the story is to save the DC universe, the heroes realize they have to go into the dark multiverse and find the crises that happened in the past and collect the energy from those and use it to kind of restart the DC universe in a different way. And so when they go into the dark, they don't expect the, the crises have been twisted in a way that they don't expect. So you're going to see a bunch of characters there too from the original series, even though it, the, the, you know, you'll see like dark side and all kinds of characters reframed. So I think a lot of the idea with this was to try and bring back some characters that fit the idea of, of a war, you know, that fit the idea of, of kind of the, one of the running themes is this idea of rebellion, you know, of battling, of throwing off old systems and trying to find new ways of doing things and throwing off kind of oppressive uh, overlords and all of this. And, and so there's even a, a revolutionary uh, war reference in like the first issue and all of this stuff. So trying to pick characters that fit that from different times and then bringing them in to surprise you uh, and then uh, reframing the characters that you're really familiar with in ways that will also, I think, kind of catch you off guard by the, the difference uh, in the way that they're thinking and behaving in this, but still true to core. Like, for example, I'm going to spoil something, but like when they get to Final Crisis, for example, it's a world where Final Crisis has dark side one. And so he's old and he's, he's, he's anti-lifed everything. And so you see him in a way that you haven't seen him before. And part of it is fun because he was a baby in the first medal and here you see him as an old man. But that's, anyway, the point is like that. So we want everything to be kind of surprising and uh, invigorating because it's a rethinking of, of what these characters are capable of and what they mean, all of that at different times without, you know, without changing who they are at core. I hope that answers your question. And Jaro is back in it. All kinds of characters are in it. So Scott, there are sort of three things working together in the story. The first is the actual narrative you know the story of death metal the second is the meta narrative of uh involving the fans in this with sergeant rock you know addressing the reader in the first page and there's there are parts throughout the issue where you feel like there's a lot of um just discussion about sort of how the fans fit into the comic book world then there's this other meta narrative of everything connecting and you know, everything mattering. So you see things like Blackest Night and uh, Heroes in Crisis, books I've never touched before, you know, coming together in this big new story. So my question is, how do you not lose sight of the main narrative when you have so many subtextual things happening at the same time? I think in this case, that's a great question, but I think in this case, they're just really confluent and they're pretty synergistic in the way that you know, the, again, like this was, the whole thing was written before the protests and George Floyd, all the stuff happening right now that's so important and that we're, you know, extremely supportive of and all of that um, as well. But it happened, we were writing it or we were creating the event at a time where already, even a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, even the feeling was that we were drifting into different silos. Do you know what I mean? Like where the, the books weren't interacting. And things, part of it was things were falling off schedule. Part of it was, um, you know, editorial or, or sometimes holding things in different ways or repositioning them at Black Label or figuring out they're starting new initiatives and something should wait. And all of that's like comics, you know, 
but sometimes it gets too much. And I felt like things like Doomsday Clock, which we had all been expecting to have a bigger impact, um, weren't able to, um, not for any fault of like, you know, uh, the creators in the line or Jeff or Gary really, or anybody. It's just a matter of the book took so long to, to make that uh, people, and we started going double ship, which wasn't really expected at that time, that there wasn't a way to connect. And so there were things like that where we felt like stories became bottled and there was a lack of communication sometimes between different areas um, at DC, which again, is not throwing anyone under the bus. It's my fault as much as anyone's. Um, but we were pregnant and you know we had the baby and the baby needed a craniotomy and all this stuff. So there was a lot of just, we didn't get a chance to all work together to make a kind of immersive tapestry uh, of a narrative of a world for readers the way we should have. Um, and so that feeling of saying, look, this kind of um, fracturing and this kind of everybody falling into their neighborhood of, of DC and those neighborhoods not only not connecting, but sometimes being at odds with each other in their messaging seems to also have a reflection in a much more important way and in a much, in a way that this, I'm, you know, a, a very reductive version in comics of what, what's happening on a larger scale, which you see everywhere, which is, you know, the conversation between different, um, uh, just different parts of the world breaking down and not, countries retreating from global state, you know, the global stage, us, and all, all of it becoming something that feels like people become more and more focused on, on sort of what we're incapable of rather than what we're capable of. And that's why a moment like this is so invigorating where conversations are being forced, things that people would shy away from, I think in general are now, you know, are, are, are have to happen. And I think it's fantastic. And in that regard, like that's, that's part of, that's part of, I think the, the, what speaks, what what's, is getting people so excited and also furious but all, about this moment. And what we were trying to say in metal isn't exactly that at all, but it, it's, we were going for something that essentially said, comics is, is falling into these different, or we're, our company, we're, we're falling into these different um, neighborhoods. And those neighborhoods are often um, not communicating with each other. They're at odds with each other. And they're big things that we face in the industry about, you know, the problem with, uh, with variants and with, with FOCs and with, you know, or, or like all of the kinds of those things that, you know, get sort of um, sublimated beneath more easier conversations about, about look at my book or this or that. And so what we were trying to say with metal was almost a reminder that we're in it together. Uh, we're all in it for love of comics and it's time for us to have tough conversations about what we need to do. And, and there's a way of not seeing these different aspects of comics as competitive, you know, digital and print, uh, Marvel and DC, indie and mainstream. There's a way and, you know, direct market versus, you know, or, and speculator market. There's a way of thinking about them in more um, robust, I think, and, and challenging ways, but ways that will get us to the other side of, I think, a, a period where a lot is in jeopardy, you know? So that's, it, it felt almost like it all kind of worked together. And again, it was written before this particular moment. Um, it was written, you know, during COVID. So there are, there's stuff right now that I think in the book, stuff right now in the book that, that um, I wish I could, I wish I could change. And I think be even more, um, be even more uh, sort of 
sensitive and aware of, uh, of everything going on now. But my hope is that it holds up um, and doesn't feel in any way at odds with things happening, but instead feels like, you know, it's, it, it, it's the kind of book I think that um, is about forcing difficult situation, difficult conversations and all of that. Um, and again, it's, we're, we're very, everybody on the book, I mean, you know, all of us, we, we're not highly political all the time on our social media. You know, my likes, I always say, like, if you want to see my politics, you can just glance at my likes half the time. But Greg is the same way. And Jonathan is very open about his politics. And uh, FCO is the same as us. So I think, you know, we, we, we try and put it in the book and we try and have it be something that is, is really um, swept up in the fun and the epic nature of it, but is there as a kind of personal, uh, personal, um, you know, third rail beneath, beneath everything. It's Great, hard. Thanks. It's for me, because I'm reading it now, I, I'm at, I would ask the question back to you guys that I, there was a moment I was like, God, does this already feel dated? Because it was, it was almost that first page was very much, I read it to retailers, um, I guess it was a month and a half, two months ago, maybe something like that, a month ago, maybe six weeks ago. Um, and it was so of the moment when it was like we were all locked at home and it was very much like, you know, we're saying it's, it's, it's shitty out there. It's a turd burger, out, but we're going to get back in the fight and we're going to. And then, you know, things shifted and it's still part of the same sweeping conversation, I think. But uh, brand, you know, a whole just, uh, just uh, exponentially more important and bigger the way it's happening now. And I'm like, oh, is this is this all is it already dated? But my hope is that it still seems to speak to. Um, you know, a story that that uh, doesn't, I think, hopefully doesn't feel out of place at this moment, at least, you know. Uh, I, I'm curious to know, because you, you're speaking about metal, you did at the time and now about how that was a very different kind of, uh, like, adventure you were almost setting off on. And while it hasn't, like, stopped, it, it continued. For you personally, like, from a creative standpoint, where where you're speaking about constantly wanting to challenge yourself and and, and get better and, and kind of raise the stakes. Was there, when coming out of metal, like not necessarily just in the way it was received or anything like that, but when it was actually put to page, <clears throat> was there anything that you thought like, man, for that death metal, this is how I'm changing the roadmap. Not just that it got changed along the way, but steps that you wanted to make to basically up your own game, you know? Yeah, I mean, the two, there were a few things. That's a great question too. I mean, w one thing was uh, it was just it was just disconnected at that time. Like it was almost an experiment metal. I mean, to be frank, again, like DC, I think really saw um, Doomsday Clock and some other things as the kind of levers that were going to pull whatever was on the other side on the other side of Rebirth and Death Metal. I mean, Metal, the first one was really just me, Greg, and. John and FCO um, getting to, to do something that we thought would create a, a pocket area for us to build story that was about the things we cared about on the other side, Justice League and all of this, if we could do it. Um, uh, and so it, it wasn't designed to have the kind of broad impact that it did um, wound up having uh, at, that, at that moment. So there was, there was a lot of kind of at the last minute figuring out Wow, we can actually we can actually kind of shape some things in the line um, in a way that we can bring in different talent and excited. So this time we wanted to go in really prepared and be like, look, we have two waves of specials, we have X amount ready, we have 
we have, we have, it's not, there's no fly by the seat of your pants. You know what I mean? There's a very set plan. And there was a lot of change. There's a lot of change about what was going to be on the other side. Um, with metal, you know, with some of the generation stuff that was being planned before uh, we were doing it, we were always supportive, just to be clear, like, even when we didn't have a way of connecting to it, or I didn't have a way into it story wise for myself. Uh, there was still, um, you know, Dan and I uh, are still very close. He's, he's responsible for my whole career. He's the guy that like gave me a chance on 12 issues of Detective Comics and let me work with Jock and Francesco when, you know, I was nobody. I had like one issue of American Vampire out or something. Um, and, and even when we had big creative differences over the years, which we did have often, you know, he still supported me and let me do it. And I supported him when he did things that I didn't agree with. And so the situation was never um, one where, you know, death metal was somehow like at odds and a clashing going to, you know, uh, undercut or whatever, what was coming, but we just weren't really connected in a way. So it was kind of like the first metal all over again, where I was like, okay, look, no big deal. We'll do our thing. And if they want to use some of the stuff, great. And if they don't, we have plans, you know, we're, we're sort of looking to do different kind of work on the other side of this for a little while anyway, fine, supportive. And then with Dan um, exiting, uh, it became really, uh, really uh, sort of fluid again, in terms of what we were going to do. And so now some of the planning with Jim and Bob is much more connective. So we're, at, we're we are helping kind of architect or at least um, chime in with editorial about some of the stuff it could be on the other side and, and editorial has been um, great about, you know, the ideas they have and their plans now are, are, are really th something to crow about on our part. I'm excited about the talent they're looking at. I'm excited about the, the, uh, the stories they want to tell, the characters they want to highlight. So metal is more, this death metal is more plugged in as we had hoped. So that was always the plan was to plug in more and we are able to do that. And also I think that the big challenge with death metal was, um, you know, with metal again, it was like, it was calling on, it was about saying, hey, let's look back at great events past and say, uh, make a story. That story was very much about Batman being afraid to kind of, when things seem really dark and the darkness seems like, uh, reflective of you that every time you try and take a step heroically in some way or do something good you're reminded of how how awful it could turn out that the story was largely about how comics have helped me through depression and things like that at times and at that moment when things were quite dark that we wanted to to say it's always worth doing that now in this story it's much more about not only looking at events past but about looking at continuity itself, like all the stories happening now and saying, it isn't just about reminding us what comics should be, it's making that now, it's doing that. It's trying to, you know, even if you fail, make a better line, make something that brings in, you know, voices out there that, that you're excited about, that calls back on old stories, but also, you know, does things that you haven't seen before on the other side. So I think some of metal was, more conservative in terms of what we were able to do and what we mostly like what we ever expected to be able to do. And this time we're a bit more like, you know what, we don't have a lot to lose. We really want to, um, we never, we never act like we do anyway, this team, <laughs> but we, we don't have anything to prove. We're just out there to say, we want to make something that says, you know, comics should cast a really wide net and be inclusive and be, daring and every part that seems to be 
at war with itself right now can work together in different ways and not as a platitude, as a real, you know, conversation. And that's part of what I'm hoping on the other side we can show when we're at the ends that they're not just sort of uh, books coming out or story changes or creative changes and but that, you know, some of the initiatives that the company is going is, is gonna to try out or is, is you know, going to embrace later on too or are really um, are forward thinking and exciting. And, you know, so that, that's the idea. I hope that makes sense. You know what I mean? And the other thing oh. is just, we wanted to make it something that never, one thing like Greg and I are very much, like I said earlier, like if you've seen it from us, I never want to do it again. You know? So like, I, I, I never, I like, I would, was very easy. I could have stayed on Batman another five years. I swear to God, like I, I had scarecrow stories and penguin stories, all kinds of stories that I didn't get to do. But you want, it was becoming familiar, you know what I mean? And when it becomes familiar, you're just like, you got to get out, do something that challenges you. And I, that was the biggest thing was with metal, death metal. It could not be a retread of metal. It had to feel different, structure different, different kind of scope, different tone, all of it. So, you know, really, really happy with it. Um, but it's, you know, it's again, it's a risk. It's out there. Wonder Woman's Queen of Hell, Batman's Lord of the Dead. Superman is King of Apocalypse. So it's, it's out there. 